Be good. <laughs> Hello there. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Monkey Tooth Podcast. I'm Andrew, the host most of the time. I'm sitting in our custom-built Sprinter van with my sweet wife, Tiffany, and our weird little dog, Pele. It's uh, almost New Year's as I record this. It'll, uh, this episode will actually be out on New Year's Day. So Happy New Year's to you out there. Got a good one for you. Uh, this is Kaya Lindsay, also known as One Chick Travels. She is someone that I've been wanting to meet for a while. She actually inspired our van, uh, the design of our van, as we were uh, scouring YouTube and Google for how to build a spinner van. She's got an amazing uh, resource for everyone out there who's curious about this. She made great videos of just a DIY van, uh, very detailed, very... um, very generous to do what she's done. And so I was looking forward to meeting her for a while just to say thank you at the very least. And then we got an opportunity to put her on the podcast. And of course I was sick the day that uh, we were able to meet with her. I felt terrible, did not want to be in front of a microphone. And Tiffany probably felt awesome, but just doesn't like being in front of microphones. Fortunately, my sweet young niece, Corinne, uh, stepped in and hosted the show. She was fantastic. I was really hoping she would not be very good at it to make us look a little bit better, but nope, she's great. <laughs> you'll not hear the word um very much, and you'll hear great questions and no gratuitous complimenting of the guest. She did a great job. So anyhow, this is my sweet niece, Corinne, talking to the wonderful, intelligent, um, and sort of creative, uh, just badass Kaya Lindsay, who's a uh, climber. She's a writer and a a sort of documentarian of how to live on your own in a van. Uh, Yeah, you're going to, you're going to enjoy her. I hope. I'm not going to say I hope. I think you will. Pretty, pretty sure you will. Anyhow, thank you to everyone who's been so kind to us this past year. 2018 was a good one for Tiffany Pele and I. Um, and we love you and we hope you're out there doing fun and interesting things and uh, yeah oh and thanks Patreon supporters you guys are amazing it's so generous that you give us money we hope you're getting uh, your money's worth out of us we're going to keep on doing this thing we've got about three months of work ahead of us before we get back on the road so let's see January, February, March we'll be working and then sometime in April we're going to turn around and head south on our way down to uh, Argentina. Okay, guys. Thank you. Love you. Happy New Year. Here comes Kyle Lindsay. Until next time. Bye-bye. So where are you from? I'm from Santa Cruz, California. Okay. Born and raised. Nice. Mm-hmm. Lots of... And I don't surf and I don't smoke okay. weed. Okay. I was going to ask, do you surf and or <laughs> smoke weed? Nope. Sometimes <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how did you get into climbing? I got into rock climbing in what year is it? It's twenty. Oh my god! I almost it's said it's twenty fourteen. Twenty eighteen. It's twenty eighteen. It's almost twenty nineteen. Um, I think I got into rock climbing around twenty thirteen. Uh, my ex boyfriend 
uh, and I started going to the rock climbing gym together and uh, we strictly bouldered in the gym uh, which for the non rock climbers is just hands and feet low to the ground um, big plastic holds very tight shoes lots of chalk all right. Sounds like a good time. Yes. Yeah, it, it was really addicting uh, really quickly. And I thought that that was going to be like my thing forever. Like I was like, oh, bouldering is better. I don't want to climb with ropes. Trad climbing. That shit's scary. Sport okay. climbing. None of that. That was going to be my next question. Okay. <laughs> that it doesn't involve ropes, anything like that. Nope. It's just you and the boulder. It's me and the boulder, typically low to the ground. And when I started, it was 100% inside. Okay. And then uh, as things How long did you do that before you transitioned into, you know, doing ropes and all that crazy stuff? So, um, actually, 2017, uh, very early in the year, like January early, uh, I broke up with my boyfriend who I got into rock climbing with. And uh, the trauma of that caused me to drive into uh, the desert, into Utah, into near Moab, actually, uh, to a place called Indian Creek. Okay. Um, I was seeking kind of some kind of solace and community, and I had heard about the crack climbing mecca that is Indian Creek, but I actually had absolutely no idea how to crack climb because it's a very different technique i had no trad equipment no gear so to speak i had like a rope and quick draws but you don't use quick draws in that style of climbing Uh, and so i just kind of drove out there and there was a note on a message board that was like i'm my name is sarah i'm looking for climbing partners anyone want to climb and i was like i'm 900 no how many miles i'm 800 miles from home i think Uh, And I have no gear, no equipment, no experience doing this, but like, I will give you a belay. Will you climb with me? And she was like, uh, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so right around that time, March 2017, I got my first uh, experiences trad climbing. And um, I always make a joke that like rock climbing was my rebound uh, (laughs) because I kind of threw myself into the rock climbing lifestyle. really really like full force yeah i mean Uh, most girls after a bad breakup go get a terrible haircut bangs or something yeah you just went into rock climbing yeah i just (laughs) went into rock climbing (laughs) okay so Uh, i'm gonna rewind a little bit okay we can go back what is crack climbing okay crack climbing is gonna be hard to describe without visuals um it's exactly what it sounds like it's where you're climbing (laughs) a crack um it's the quote unquote traditional style of rock climbing where you put your hands and feet into various sizes of cracks instead of like crimping tiny holds on a wall. So, um, you know, when people think of rock climbing, they think of like really strong upper body, grippy upper body strength. You need to have really strong hands. You have to like be able to hold your whole body weight off the tips of your fingers. And it's really not like that. Crack climbing is more about um, standing on your feet and finding good rests. Um, and you kind of wedge your hands and feet into the cracks. I can't show yeah. you with my hands, but gotcha. you guys can see what I'm doing. <laughs> wedge your hands and feet into Listeners, the cracks. just use your imagination. Use your imagination. <laughs> just Google crack climbing technique. You'll find it. Um, and then while you're at a good rest, finding gear or mm-hmm. it's basically uh, cams, nuts, uh, stoppers, all sorts of widgets and doohickeys uh, so that we call great words. Yeah, lot, like it. widgets is my new favorite one to refer to <laughs> gear because it's just like yeah, all these weird little things. Uh, and you put the gear in the rock, uh, and it, a cam is a is a two. Uh, 
how to describe this. Uh, a cam is basically a metal, kind of looks like a metal umbrella with two halves that cam open or closed. Okay. And when it's closed, it looks like a little almond. You put it in the crack and then it opens up. The outward pressure uh, keeps it from ripping out. So if you Yeah, that would be good. Fall, it doesn't rip out. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay. Mostly it doesn't rip out. I have so much respect for climbers because personally I am a giant pussy and would <laughs> never do something like that. So I think it's so badass that, you know, you live in your van, travel around and do something that's so adventurous. Thank you. Um, so did, was rock climbing the inspiration for you to live in your van and be able to just go around to all the places that you want to go? It was. Um, when I was trying to wrap up my college degree, um, from Goddard College, I met this girl. Uh, I'd known her for a while, but she bought a Sprinter van and moved into it to go rock climbing full time. Nice. It was kind of one of those moments where I was like, holy shit, you can just do that. Like you could just <laughs> leave and go rock climbing forever and live in your car. <laughs> it was really mind blowing. Um, and so pretty much from there, that moment I was like, all right, I really, really want to go do this. Um, and so I talked to my then boyfriend and we decided like oh yeah let's move into the van let's like buy one build one out all this stuff so we uh, decided to build out the van uh, move into it and started traveling around the country together uh, to go rock climbing uh, and then when we broke up and and things didn't end up working out uh, he wasn't as into rock climbing as I was it wasn't ever really you got the van in the divorce mm -hmm. in yeah, the divorce got I got the van <laughs> bought it from him well, I'm nice. still in the process of buying it from nice. him but um yeah, so it was always about rock climbing for me. The van was more of just a, uh, what is the word, a vessel for achieving my goals in order to rock climb full-time. That's awesome. Yeah. So looking at your YouTube and obviously your Instagram, is that solely how you make money? No. No? No. What I... all do you do for all of those young people out there aspiring to live in their vans and uh. go rock climbing? <laughs> I actually have a really weird job. Um, I, my job is social media marketing. Okay. So back in 2014, I finished doing the Camino de Santiago, which is a 500 mile hike through uh, top of France and Spain. And I realized that I was not going to make a lot of money as a waitress, which I was what I what I was doing. And, um, you know, I think I remember working a full like two weeks and getting like one hundred and seventy two dollars and just looking at my paycheck and being like, I am in school right now, like taking classes, paying for my credits, like trying to take money out for like go to university and and like I need to put gas in a car to get to school and like this is not enough like the struggle is three hundred dollars a month that's yeah. ridiculous so um i decided to send out my resume and uh just like uh you know i was well, how old was i like 20 and uh, i didn't have any experience i was in college community college at cabrillo and uh to this co-working space that my dad was working at he's always worked for himself he's an artist and there was like you know a big building full of professionals and i was this like little 20 year old being like i can do whatever you know like hire me i'll pay me like 12 dollars an hour and and I, I think actually no i started at like 10 dollars an hour and i was like wow that's amazing like i was <laughs> making like 750 at my like waiting job and 
Um, and so I sent that out and it just became clear that all the people, what they needed for their business was social media. And so I started to slowly build up a, um, portfolio of like, I know how to sell your business on social media. Nobody knows how to do it. Right. And I was you know, 20 years old. All these people are like in their late thirties or early forties or maybe even fifties and sixties and like did not understand how Instagram worked, let alone, you know, Facebook marketing and stuff like that. So uh, I kind of just built my own business from the ground up. And um, when I decided to move full time into the van and travel, I kind of just took my business on the road and um, optimized a lot of things. So right now I work, um, quote unquote, quarter time. It's not really quarter time, but I basically work one week out of the month. Um, and then I have three weeks off to rock climb and pursue other projects. It's not a bad way to live. Yeah. I make a little <laughs> bit of money off the YouTube right. uh, and the Instagram stuff, but really not anything substantial. Like I can't afford it. I can't like feed myself off right. of that. But it's something and it could grow into something and hopefully it will because you have a I really so. cool space and, <laughs> you know, you share a lot of interesting stuff and something in particular that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I saw this one post where you were talking about you know, the kind of creepy dudes that solicit you for nude photos, yeah. you know, it's so ridiculous that yeah. you can't just be a woman on the internet without getting creepy shit sent to you. Yeah. I How do you balance, you know, marketing yourself, expressing yourself and not being harassed by creepy people? I, I feel like I have actually had not as much creepiness is some of the women that I have met right. online. Like I have some friends who really just deal with it on a daily basis. And I don't know what it is about my presentation or my personality, but I don't get it that much. Uh, well, the way I deal with it is I have a one strike policy in my life. Like if you're going to say something creepy to me online, I don't care who you are. I don't care if it was a joke. I don't care. Like, I don't care if you didn't mean it. Like, you know, like you're just no longer allowed to see my content. Like yeah. I'm just going to block you immediately. So maybe that is part of it that just like I nip it in the bud immediately. And yeah, you know, anything like people, like, Oh, it's a compliment. Like, no, it's no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it is for, for you. You think that you're complimenting me, but really it just shows me that you're ignorant and don't understand <sighs> yeah. that this is offensive. So yeah. I mean, uh, other than that, I think it's easy for me to, get away from the creepy dudes because I can just drive my van away <laughs> from any situation that I don't want to be in, yeah. <laughs> you know, like that helps. I know a lot of women who like work with the creepy dude and they just have to live with it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, this is a terrible situation. Goodbye. <laughs> I think women all over the world are reckoning with that right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, to, just to bring it up, I'm, I'm struggling right now because there was an instance with a guy who was on the circuit that has been kind of creepy and he's still out there. He lives in his car and he's a rock climber and he travels around. And uh, I have a whole, you know, blog post that's saved in my drafts, like documenting kind of like our interactions. And there's part of me that wants to like publish it and talk about it and be like, okay, if you see this guy, like I want to call mm. him out because he's a real threat to people. Um, but at the same time, like, I've already blocked him on all social media, but you right. know, what if he sees my, you can't block someone from visiting your website. And wow. you know, there's a part of me that's like, I don't want to like stoke the fire. Yeah. You know, I think that everyone, you know, in this whole me too movement, everyone is worrying about ramifications and repercussions on both sides. Yeah. Men worry about, Oh, someone's going to say something about me, but then women also have to worry about, you know, if I'm, I'm going to be retaliated against if yeah. I come out and say something, 
and yeah. call someone out for their shitty behavior for which they should be called out. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm currently dealing with that exact problem being like, the should I say will something? The itself should, to you. I hope You'll so. You'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So do you think that rock climbing is a boys club? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think it has been. Yeah. Historically. And I think it's really changing, especially in like, at least, you know, I've only been full-time rock climbing for like two years. Right. But in the time that I've been uh, absorbing climbing media and climbing content, uh, it has changed a lot. Yeah. And you think that there's more of a space opening up for women in that little world? I think so. I think there's a lot of um, communities that are really, excuse me, it's <laughs> really trying not to burp this. That's why the I didn't want to drink a LaCroix. LaCroix is really <laughs> getting me. Um, yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of people trying to promote women in climbing because of this exact problem that like it was such a boys club right. and, you know, women couldn't just leave their lives for you can't know. just go jump in a van and go rock climb. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, even before it was vans, it right. was just like, you know, two dudes on a back of a motorcycle driving <laughs> through the wilderness and to go, like, pound pitons into some <laughs> gross rock. You know, like, it just wasn't accessible for them. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of people, especially women, I've seen a lot of women who are just like, this sport changed my life. Yeah, I really want to share this with other people. And I've experienced that, too. Like, yeah. rock climbing you know, completely changed my life in the last two years has been transformative for me. And so, you know, being able to share that experience of rock climbing and confidence and, and all that stuff is like something I'm really excited about. Yeah, it's amazing. It's a super empowering thing. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchored by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchored by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchored by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchor by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchor by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchor by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchor by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long, anchor by and by. I hailed to my mother. She hailed back to me. I heard her say, Meet me in Galilee. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long. Anchor by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long. Anchor by and by. We'll stand the storm and it won't be long. What does your family feel about you traveling around and doing this like kind of dangerous sport? Are they into it? Yeah, I think they're mostly into it. Uh, you know, for the, all the life that I can remember, my dad has supported my family through art. Um, which is pretty unique and really special, really fortunate that we've been able to do that. My mom is a stay-at-home mom and kind of a hippie. Uh, and, you know, like, they always were encouraging me to, like, just do what makes you happy. And so I think for them, they've never been super concerned with, like, money and stuff like that. I mean, we've also been super fortunate that it hasn't been – we haven't really needed to, to worry about that, um, you know. And so their kind of feeling has been – you know, do what makes you happy, the money will follow. You know, you might be broke for a little while, but, you know, you're not going to starve. We will feed you if you come home and say, I have nothing left. Like, it's a great attitude to have as a parent. <laughs> yeah, I think I think my mom also is, uh, 
is happy that I'm doing something with the van thing. I think I've talked to her about it before. I've been like, what do you feel about this? And she's like, well, if you weren't like writing blog posts and making videos, if you were just like smoking weed and sitting around all the time, I might have a bigger issue with it. But I can tell that you're really trying to like go somewhere with this. So she's she's happy with it. My dad is like power to you. Do what you want. (laughs) So what kind of art does your dad do? He's a digital artist. Uh, So um, video games. Mostly when I was growing up, uh, he worked. He actually was an early uh, adopter at Atari, Atari games. Um, cool. He left when left right before I was either right before I was born or right after I was born. Um, he left the company and started his own thing. Um, his company is Lindsay Digital. I don't know if it's still. Shout up. out. Shout Lindsay out. Digital. Lindsay Digital. <laughs> um, but and then he worked for Rockstar Games uh, for a little while when I was young. So I guess he wasn't always self-employed. But for most of the time, he has been a freelancer. And so that's kind of how I was able to be like, oh, well, you know, my dad's been doing this and supported right. a family for this long. Like I could I can be a freelancer. I can make my own money. That's awesome. Um, but if you've ever played the game San Francisco Rush, it's a green arcade game, driving game. He's the voice that says three, two, one, rush. <laughs> Checkpoint. That's awesome. Like that's him. So, <laughs> yeah. super cool. Yeah. So you're here in Joshua Tree. We're hanging out in a Walmart parking lot, living the dream. We are. What's your <laughs> What's your next stop? Are you gonna hang out in Joshua Tree for a little bit? Yeah, I have been um, really feeling the need to settle down a little bit recently. Um, I've been pretty much nonstop traveling for the last two years. Like I haven't been anywhere for longer than six weeks in two years. Wow. And mostly it's been like three to three to four to five week stints. So um, it's been a lot and I'm not settling down in the sense that like I'm going to rent a room and like right. stop living in the van because I don't have any money. <laughs> uh, it's more than you put all this money and time <laughs> into the van anyways. You might as well. Yeah, I want to keep hanging out in the van and, and traveling, but I want to stay um, just in one location a little bit more. So um, me and my boyfriend, Mike, um, who's doing the climber steward thing um, in Joshua Tree, we're going to be there for hopefully until the end of... January, possibly into February. Oh, okay. Wow. So you're going to hang out here for a while. Yeah. We're really trying to settle down for a little bit. And then we're trying to figure out what we're doing for uh, summertime. Yeah. I think that we're thinking about sticking around the Eastern Sierra and just like, you know, because he has to get a job. He doesn't work remotely. He has to go. So he'll probably find like a... Real life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He'll probably find some kind of job that he can do. uh, And then I'll just, you know, we'll hang out and rock climb together on the weekends when we can so tell me about one of your favorite climbing spots my favorite climbing spot is definitely the first spot that i learned how to try to climb which is indian creek if any at any given moment if someone were to ask me the question where would you rather be right now i would say hmm indian creek in the springtime like your first yeah (laughs) it's also just like a very special place you don't get uh cell service out there and Hopefully, fingers crossed, you never will. Nice. Um, the community is really tight-knit. You have to develop a close connection with the other people in the climbing community there because the type of climbing requires so much equipment, so much gear, that you you literally could not go there with just you and a partner unless you've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on gear, which no one has. 
Yeah, so you have to share gear, you have to share resources because it's about an hour and 45 minutes away from the nearest town. So it's like, it, it's a pretty unique little hub. And the climbing is just great. Like, it's so much fun. That's a nice little community. Mm-hmm. So do you kind of caravan with other climbers and go to different spots together? Yeah, I mean, um, I my mom had this joke my first season that I was, uh, it was Wendy and I had my Lost Boys. <laughs> uh was Wendy and the Lost Boys because there was uh, a group of, you know, younger guys that I was traveling around with. And we, you know, <laughs> we had, uh, I think, two vans and a Subaru and a truck. And there were eight of us. Uh, and, oh you know, they, I was the oldest, I'm pretty sure. And the boys I was traveling with were from, you know, 19 to 24 or 23 and I was I think I was 24 at the time Uh, and so I kind of was like the mom (laughs) yeah a 24 year old woman versus a 24 year old man yeah I just did air quotes yeah Um, 23 year old it's a whole other thing and uh so we traveled around together a lot and like at one point one of the guys Subaru broke down and um, he just started moving his stuff out of the Subaru onto the side of the freeway and then into this friend's van. And so he's like, well, now I live with you. <laughs> he's like, okay, I guess they live together now. <laughs> and we, um, yeah, would travel and rock climb and share meals and stuff like that. It was a really cool. special kind of bond. So speaking of life on the road, mm-hmm. tell me a story that sticks out to you the most about life on the road, whether it's something inspirational or something really weird. You just really have no privacy. You just like, you know, you're all of your experiences are really public. Um, most when you said like, what's a, a funny or weird story? Like the first one that came to my mind is I hadn't seen Mike in a long time and we were having sex in my van and a cop knocks on the door <laughs> <laughs> and someone knocks on the door and we're like right in the middle of it. And we both stop and Mike like pulls back the cover and he's like, it's a cop. And we're both just like, oh, my God. <laughs> scramble to put our clothes on and like hello officer what's going on with you and he's like he was actually checking to make sure that we weren't dead I guess that that's kind of the the dark side of this story is I guess that like where we were parked a lot of people commit suicide in their cars and leave the cars there and so he was knocking to make sure that there was people in there that they were okay which we were you were more than okay you were were great yeah (laughs) Sorry, babe. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was a good story. Okay, so we're going (laughs) to rewind and we're going to talk about the Camino Mm -hmm. because my grandmother, Andrew's mother, Janine, shout out, Grandma, Mm you're a real one. She did the Camino at 68 years old. That's awesome. And did the whole thing. That's rad. She's pretty badass. What? Yes, by herself, nonetheless. That's awesome. She made uh, another little friend along the way, and they've since become very close, and they see each other when they can. Her friend lives in Ireland, so mm-hmm. it was a cute little story. Um, what was your experience like on the Camino? The Camino was rad. I um, I didn't. I don't think that I really realized the religious aspect of it until I was... I mean, I, I understood that it was a religious pilgrimage, but I didn't understand how important it was to... I think it's the Catholic community yes, that's out that there. Yes, that was my grandmother's motivation. For yeah. Um, and so that was interesting to go. Uh, you know, I was 20 years old. I really didn't know a lot about the world, and I didn't know, you know, I, I grew up in Santa Cruz with, you know, semi-spiritual mother, a very atheistic father. And uh, so it was really interesting to be a part of that culture 
and spend time doing what I kind of consider to be like a walking meditation. Right. Uh, you know, that much movement over that much land is very kind of, it is very spiritual. I could, I can see why people find uh, a lot of religious comfort in that pilgrimage. And, um, you know, and it, it was, it was unique and eye opening to me to see how much people valued the pilgrims, you know, nowhere else have I ever been where you're basically a homeless traveler and people are blessing you on the streets and giving you free food when you walk into a cafe. Um, you know, this woman gave us some soup. She owned a hostel. She just gave it to us for free and asked that we just say her name at the mass uh, the day that we get to the Santiago or the Santiago de Compostela, which is the, the town, and go to the church. Um, so that was that was really cool. Um, and also it was a really nice way to get to bond with the two friends that I, I went with. It was with, um, uh, my best friend Renee and my then boyfriend. And, um, one of the things I remember that we did along the way was we just told each other stories. And that is a really unique thing that I haven't had the opportunity to do since, which is, you know, just we walked for 20 miles every single day and we took turns telling stories. That's um, such a nice way to pass the time and get to know your yeah companions better. It was great. It was it was very unique and, and a really beautiful experience. And I would recommend it to anyone to, to go. Very for sure. cool. Did you find that you were and you and your group, were you guys some of the only just travelers or did you find other people that were there outside of this religious experience just doing this journey? Um, I actually met a lot of people who were doing it as just kind of an experience. I think, and I might be wrong about this, but um, I think like I was there was a lot of um, Koreans who were doing the uh, Camino de Santiago, and I talked to them about it, and they were saying that you can take a semester off of college and get college credit if you do this pilgrimage that's really interesting and so there were a there was a lot of people there they just have to come back with the compostela you get a little like passport right, and it right. has stamps in it and you get your um you get a compostela at the that's end of really it. cool so you know we met a bunch of australians and we met these girls and there's five sisters and their last name is power so they were the power sisters yes. and they were from australia and they were quite powerful <laughs> um <laughs> you know and then uh, we we met a guy who um had suffered really serious consequences from the economic recession that was going on in Spain at the time. Um, I think I, I'm not totally sure. I I think it was the fallback from, uh, the crash of the Euro. Um, but you know, he lost, he was a rancher, uh, of horses or a breeder of horses, really Mm -hmm. nice horses. And he lost his farm ranch. I don't know what you raise horses on. Uh, I think it's a ranch. ranch. He lost his ranch. He lost all of his horses. His wife left him. He got really sick. So he lost everything. And all he had in his backpack was the bridle from his favorite horse that had passed away from a sickness. Damn. And he was doing the Camino with no money. Wow. And, And that's actually pretty common. A lot of people will do that as they just, like, throw themselves in the kindness of strangers. And, um, you know, and people will help. That's amazing. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, very diverse experiences. Sounds incredible. Yeah. I've spent too long away.
So you've mentioned a few times that you kind of started this journey when you were about 20. So how old are you now? I just turned 26. Just turned 26. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just turned 25. So shout out to the quarter your life birthday? crisis. October 27th. November 29th. Hey. hey. <laughs> Scorpio. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> well. Um, I have to burp again. Do it. <laughs> We're going to edit that in. <laughs> you can keep that in. <laughs> so you've got a lot of different irons in the fire. You've got your yes. Instagram. You've got your blog. You've got YouTube. You've also got your social media marketing that you do. How do you manage your time and still find ways to go out and do fun and interesting things? Man, that's a good question. <laughs> um... Do you set yourself a schedule? I kind of set myself up for failure, actually. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a great I, attitude. So <laughs> I'm I uh, I have older sibling syndrome, mm. so uh, <laughs> you know, uh, everybody look at me. I can do it. I can do it all. Look <laughs> at all the cool things I can do. Uh, so, but but in all seriousness, uh, I operate by my calendar, and I set myself a schedule. I have many to do lists. Um, I am a very Type A person you know, very organized. Uh, I feel like you have to be, you have to be disciplined and mm-hmm. keep yourself doing the things that you need to do and mm-hmm. not just fucking off and rock climbing all the time. Yeah. I mean, I do a fair amount of that too, yeah. but I build I mean, that into my... that's the purpose of your journey is to fuck off. But yeah, it is. <laughs> the purpose of life. Still need money. <laughs> Still need money to eat. Yeah. I mean, so I do a lot of scheduling my time out. Um, I prioritize things in order of like what will give me money because I need to eat I need to put like my baseline is like I need to eat I need to put gas in my car I need to pay off my student loans I have to pay my bills you know so it's kind of like those are my priorities and then after that it's like okay um, I also need to take care of myself physically emotionally mentally and then right after that it's like okay I also need to take care of myself creatively and be putting thing effort into passion projects because, you know, why else would I be doing all this? Um, and then somewhere, not sure if this is in descending order of importance, but, you know, <laughs> relationships are also important. I, uh, I am that friend that never calls. And then you're <laughs> like, hey, come hang out with me. And I'm like, OK, let's go do an adventure. So I, I feel really bad. And I have a lot of people who I'm trying to stay connected with. Um, but it's hard, especially hard when you're, when on, the you're road. on the road traveling all the time. I went to Europe for six weeks and it was like, bye, everyone. I'm never yeah. talking to you again. Yeah. And then when you get back home, you're like, oh, shit, I don't have any friends anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I can't imagine traveling around like that for two years. It's, yeah, it's it's a lot. But, um, you know, I do my best. I don't always do perfect, but I'm working on it. Who does? Yeah. <laughs> I felt you staring at me. <laughs> there's, there's eyes. What? Oh, okay. Yes, I will. (laughs) So with all of your writing projects, are you planning on expanding that out? Are you planning on writing a book? I would love to write a book. Um, Someone uh, reached out to me about six months ago and said, hey, like, you know, we're a publishing company. Like, we'd love it if you would write a book for us. And I don't know anything about writing a book. I don't know what's a good deal. I don't know what's not a good deal. Um, and at the time I was like, there's no way I don't have 
the bandwidth emotionally, mentally, financially to like commit to, you know, writing. What would be your angle? Pages. Would you want to write about rock climbing or would you want to more write about, you know, van life and just living a kind of alternative lifestyle? That's another thing is I'm not really sure. It does, you know, there's definitely a lot of imposter syndrome that I struggle with around like, who am I to write a book? You know, some 26 year old kid who a has a YouTube cool channel. You've a cool story. Don't sell yourself <laughs> short. You're pretty badass. Yeah, those <laughs> words are easy to say to someone else. It's less easy to, to believe. Um, but, you know, like I, uh, I love writing, to be honest, like writing is my absolute favorite thing to do. I, I do like enjoy the video process, but um, I've really tried to double down in the last month or so I'm releasing a bunch of new blog posts in the new year nice um and so yeah I mean I'm sure that it will happen one day I kind of just need to to get on it and I think I would like to talk about um you know this journey of van life rock climbing thing um I'm not exactly sure what the angle would be sometimes I don't feel like I'm old enough to know I haven't really, like, finished the story, so I can't really start writing about That's it. That's a very good point. How do you write the last chapter when you haven't even gotten there yet? Yeah, so we'll see. So last but certainly not least, please tell me about your fabulous earrings that you're wearing right now. Ah, yes, I'm so glad. Okay. <laughs> uh, I had to take them off, actually, because the headphones were pushing into my head and pushing the earrings into my head. But uh, they're made. Pain. Yeah, they're made by my friend uh, Bree Bowl. I think her website is com. I know her Instagram is Bol, B-R-I-B-O-L for Instagram. Uh, and she, I actually don't know if she makes all of her money this way. I'm certain she makes a substantial amount, but she's, uh, you know, a fellow rock climber. Badass. Badass. Um, lives in a, I think it's called a scamp. It's a little trailer thing that you pull cool. on, around the back. And uh, she makes absolutely beautiful yes. jewelry. Yes. long beaded earrings Love um, it. they are so beautiful and so you know support women in yeah. creative pursuits and who run business. the world yeah <laughs> support fellow women That's doing awesome. cool things i love it yeah well is there any tidbits of advice that you want to share for other young people women in particular that want to live this kind of lifestyle hmm. get a good p jar Please do tell me what that means. Just get a good pee, get a wide mouth pee jar <laughs> with a good screw lid. <laughs> For a second, my brain didn't process. I was like, is this a rock climbing thing? And I was like, no, you dumb bitch. It's a pee jar. No, a pee jar. Like, just get a good one with a wide mouth and a nice lid that won't leak, uh, you know. <laughs> I feel like that's applicable advice for everyone. Get cruise control. Um, on your van. That'll make the pee into a jar much easier when in transit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, get a copy of your key. Give it to someone Ooh, you trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a good one. And, uh, yeah, go for it. Go do it. There's a lot of women traveling alone on the road. That's what. That's the answer I was looking for. Go for it. Yeah, go, go do for it. it. That's, that's the answer I want to really give. That's <laughs> why I kind of started doing the whole van life uh, documentation is because I was like, you know, you know, one chick travels when I started building out the van and started looking at um, inspiration from other people. It was just, you know, couples yeah. in their van, pretty much just like straight white couples. And, uh, you know, not not there's anything yeah, there's, wrong there's with straight white couples. Like, I'm just saying. Intersectionality <laughs> in this community. Yeah, it's well, pretty... I, there wasn't a lot of documentation, at least, of yeah. that. And because when yeah. I went and hit the road, I was shocked to find out how many other women there were traveling awesome. alone. And I was like, oh. I want people to know that this is a thing. Yeah. So 
it's badass. That's kind of well, your YouTube videos served as inspiration for these crazy people that run Monkey Tooth here. Yes. Yeah, they were looking at you know your videos to get some inspiration for their build out. So you're doing good work. I'm psyched. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. I love when people are like, "Oh, we watched your videos for me." That's I'm like, awesome. Thank you. I'm so That's glad why I do that, this shit. I'm so glad that it worked. That's it awesome. helped you guys. All right. Well, it's been a delight. Do you have? Oh, there's oh, pointing oh, happening. Oh, hello. Yes, oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So all of the shameless self promotion that yes. we have to do. What is your website? So uh, if you would like to read some uh, blog posts, recent writings, uh, also see past videos and things like that. You can, and also like all of my conversion um, and Sprinter Van add-on stuff is uh, there, which is uh, onechicktravels.com. That is one O-N-E. Chick. chick Travels, not number one, but cool. the, spelled out. Uh, and then Instagram is One Chick Travels, and that's more for like, you know, daily life things and updates. Just what am I doing? Where am I? What am I rock climbing? Um, you can find me on Facebook. That's where I post blog posts okay. usually. So that's facebook.com slash one chick travels. My Twitter is totally wildcard. It's at Kaya says. And really it, anything goes on there. I might and be Kaya talking about. Kaya is K-A-Y-A. K-A-Y-A at cool. Kaya says for Twitter. Uh, and then if you would like to support me, I'm launching a lot of new projects in the new year. Uh, I'm really doubling down on my One Chick Travels series, which is all about solo women traveling in their vans. Uh, and uh, I'm also releasing a lot new, a lot of new blog posts um, and then inspirational things that I find on the road. And my Patreon is patreon.com slash One Chick Travels. Yeah. <laughs> Go support One Chick That Travels. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I love it. It's been awesome talking to you today. Yeah, it's been awesome talking to you Thanks too. Thanks for hanging out in this you know, another series of vans. Yeah. <laughs> Your van is beautiful, by the way. This thing is lovely. All the decoration is Tiffany. Uh, well, Tiffany does a great job. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All of the practical stuff is Andrew, yeah. but... You can't have one without true. the other. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Adios. Au revoir. <laughs> Fairly well.
Tiffany here, saying thank you for listening to the Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you haven't already, or it's been a while, check out our website, mtp.dog. There's plenty of information there. An About tab with a little bio on Andrew, myself, and our dog Pele. There's also a Van Build tab, detailing how we did our van conversion. A Journal tab, and we, as an Andrew, are doing our best to keep that up to date. And last but not least, a contact tab, where you can leave your thoughts, suggestions, or questions. You can also contact us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram, Monkey Tooth Podcast. If you would like to donate and or subscribe to the cause, you can go to Patreon and GoFundMe at Monkey Tooth Podcast. Patreon is not just a place to subscribe. We post lots of content there as well. We greatly appreciate each and every one of you. Love to all.